Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast, a podcast by Restoration Church. I know that. All right, well, maybe people listening don't. We have listeners. I'm here with... I didn't realize you were talking to the people listening. Oh, sorry. That's what we do here. But I'm here with Pastor Nate, obviously, now. And Pastor Rob is our uh, kids pastor at our Dover location. If you hear heavy breathing into a microphone, that's just me. (laughs) That's just me. The AC isn't on in this room for sound purposes, so it's getting feisty. Uh, This week... His sleep apnea is so bad. <laughs> it's, it's awake apnea. It's still now. happening. <laughs> we couldn't do the podcast with my CPAP on. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Uh, how are you guys? Great. Doing great. Yeah, really good. Nice. For whatever reason, this cup of coffee has chilled to the perfect warm temperature. Chuggable temp. So you didn't, like I didn't get burned or anything. It's mm. like a good flavor. If it's not too cold, it is bitter. Not too hot that it burns. <laughs> Beautiful. That's, that's literally my problem with hot chocolate at all times. Like hot chocolate is only good to drink when it's at the right temperature. Otherwise you burn your mouth or it's just too cold to drink. Yeah. It's just like this is too sweet. When I went to private school, I remember being in first grade and they served us hot coffee after giving us recess in like five degree weather. <laughs> And my mom must have always chilled the hot coffee or added milk or something because when they handed me that hot coffee, I just drank it like I always drank. And or, excuse me, hot chocolate. Yeah. I just drank it like I always drank it. I was going to say, it. we might we need to report that school. It, it had to have been, a, like, I'm pretty sure I had blisters in the roof of my mouth. Uh, like second degree burn. I, could, I, I couldn't taste anything for so long. That's the worst. It was hideous. That was when I you first ever done that. Like, yeah, buy a piece of pizza and get blisters in the top of your yes. mouth. Yes, every first. time I order pizza or eat Captain Crunch and just destroy the roof of your mouth for some reason. Oh yeah, <laughs> or uh, trifecta have Captain Crunch for breakfast and then try and drink your coffee and it's too hot. <laughs> That's happened. That's called the devil's after you. <laughs> I remember like if you went to the doctors after that, <laughs> they would think you had this rare disease. And they looked in your mouth. Yeah. Oh, my word. He has boils upon boils. (laughs) We haven't seen this since 1737. It's just these two food groups. I remember hitting the age, like, where I bought my own, like, Yeti for hot coffee. And it's, like, it's actually more inconvenient (laughs) than convenient because it's too hot all day. It's, like, I just want to drink this coffee, but it won't cool down. Yeah, when I, in the morning when I make my coffee, I make it, like, first day I wake up and I make it, and then, so I can just sit there and cool down. And then you'll... So then I'll shower, get ready, do a bunch of stuff, and then it, then it's all ready for me. (laughs) But yeah, Yeti, I'm trying to think over the weekend, oh, I made a coffee, put in the Yeti, one that I got from our church mortgage company, which is a pretty nice gift. That is nice. And, um... Then we go to a family reunion, and then I go back in my car. It's two o'clock, and I, <laughs> I get a hot coffee there waiting for me. Yeah, it's great. Hours later, freshly brewed ish. Amazing. That is good. So when I was in first grade, a Bug's Life came out. 
Oh, really? Really, really. Great. So, what year would what did a bug? It says nineteen ninety-eight. So I'm ninety-two is when I was born. So I was about seven or eight when it came out. Wow. I kind of guessed. I kind of was just trying to segue off of his first grade story. <laughs> that could have been. A, it could have been. I was a, a lie. junior in high school <laughs> in 1998. So did that's you... why you didn't see it. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I was just about to ask you if you I had seen a Bug's Life. No, I, to, I said that on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I said on Sunday. So oh, okay. we've been saying every week, like I just can't in my mind differentiate between Ants <laughs> and Bug's Life. Like you just feel like the same movie to me. And then when I finally sat down last week to like go over Bugs Life, I'm like, I really have never seen this movie. <laughs> I didn't know one character. Like it, I can forget movies and then halfway through, like, oh wait, I have seen this. But not not all. not I love the way the messages went because you texted like, All right, I'm here. I'm I'm sermon prepping, watching a Bugs Life again just to catch up. And then an hour and a half later, I have never seen this movie in <laughs> yeah. my life. <laughs> and I understand people. So I remember, right, being in college. So I'm in Bible college. There's not too many movies that you can legally watch. But you come back. I've got nieces and nephews. Yeah. But I remember everybody telling me, Ants is better than Bugs Life. Don't see Bugs Life. Uh, and I'd say that's I wrong. I disagree. Still agree. I, I don't like the characters. Why did they recast that big caterpillar as the pig from Sing? It's the same character. Oh, yeah. Oh, I am a large, a Swedish <laughs> yeah, animal. Because right. it was so thing. good. It was so perfect to Bugs Life and Sing's unoriginal. Yeah, it was weak. <laughs> it was weak. It was original. And Hopper, it was original. He like, just said Sing too. And Hopper was a bad villain. You think? Like, he, they was, he wasn't scary. Mm. First off, he didn't look like a grasshopper. He looked like a mummy. All right. right. It was a, bit, a little bit poor. Just animation. remember, you're talking to people where this was their childhood. You're crushing us right now. <laughs> so, I'm like, well, I, listen, I, I'll, I'll let you make fun of comeback. my childhood movie, uh, American Tale. Never seen it. Yeah, Wait, Five O. Yeah, I love that oh, movie. Oh, Five O. Five O goes west. Yeah. yeah so you American love that movie. Kind of hard to bash on my childhood, huh? With all those classics. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's great. Um. That was the first movie I saw in the theater, American Tale. I was five years old. I had it that on must VHS, have come out but I didn't. 1986, 1985, around there. That's a good one. I just found out during Sunday because I realized I recognized his voice that Kevin Spacey was Hopper. Mm-hmm. They're all famous people. Yeah. Are. Not Flick. I mean, maybe he is, but not to me. I looked him up and I was like, weird that they get Kevin Spacey in it, but not. It was the other guy. Is his name Dennis O'Leary? He's the. Now we got to oh, Google the, it up. No, you're talking about Malt is Richard Kind, if that's who you're talking about. The His brother, Grasshopper. No, I know uh, who Richard yeah, yeah. Kind is because he was on a bunch of sitcoms. His voice is pretty. But so, yeah. yeah. Brad who's, Garrett who's was Dennis? in it. Dennis Leary? Yeah, yeah Dennis Leary. Francis. Francis, the, the, the flea, right? Is that who he is? No, no, oh, he's Francis a bad guy. is his brother. No, 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 no. Malt is, is Hopper's brother. Francis, Francis is the is the stick figure. No, no, oh, no. He's no, the he's, he's the, the ladybug. ladybug. Okay, I'm he's with the you ladybug. now. So yeah, either way, my childhood didn't know any of those characters. Ran through so all of the characters <laughs> now, and I, I think that makes me like it even more. I love. Oh, Kevin the Spacey. guy from Cheers was in it. I didn't realize that. David Foley. Dave Foley's really funny. Did you ever watch That's any like, of the 
any of the kids in the hall? No. Sketches. Kids in the hall. So that's like before in Living Color, before and maybe maybe I don't know if it was before Saturday Night Live, but it was like from the other side of the pond sketch comedy. So okay. it's all kind of British humor. Oh, okay. So yeah. one of their skits that I loved watching, it was it was a song. These are the Daves I know. And so it's just a guy like walking through the neighborhood. These are the Daves I know, I know. These are the Daves I know. And then it just goes through like every Dave you know. So it would be like, Dave Wodzinski, he lives in Uganda. Uh, you know, uh, Dave Belanger. We grew up in the same hometown. And it just goes through. Those are real Daves that I know. It. I was going to say, and this so, is an original song by Nate So Gagne. then it goes, you, you keep the same beat. Dave Capistrano, I hardly know him. And they're just standing looking at each other because he doesn't have any facts about him. He's like, I just, we're just acquaintances. Like, it's nothing. And when the first time I saw that, I laughed and laughed and laughed. That's your humor. Perfect. It's perfect. So how did you land so confidently on Hopper? It was someone else's idea. Right. So you just... Everyone agreed, so you're like, all right, I must just not remember, but this So seems- it was like, um, Hopper, he uses the ants as slaves. I'm like, oh, Pharaoh, perfect. I don't really remember Hopper, <laughs> but I'm sure it'll come to mind. Yeah. Weird. It well, worked out. It I was, was going to say, thank goodness that, yeah. that analogy worked out and whoever suggested that. Honestly, it was a really inspiring message to kind of like look past your own stuff like yeah. and just be like big picture yeah we're here to serve god we're here to serve and and, and i don't know <laughs> it worked out really well yeah. i thought it was great it was good i think once we started fleshing out i did i thought hopper i, I think your application was different than i was anticipating which was good i only had the comparisons thought out in my head but i was like this one this one teaches itself it's too perfect and even like I don't know if you saw like the like the background for your sermon was even ants being forced to carry stuff across to their hometown. No, I never saw. So, it. so I was like, man, even the backgrounds can look like perfect. So while you're talking about Pharaoh and the slaves, like you still see it in the Bugs Life graphic that was behind you. So I was just like, this message like preaches itself, and uh, I thought it was pretty pretty awesome. So you had to you had to watch the movie for the first time. Mm-hmm. And find all your and you hated comparison. it, but and it was. I, mean, I didn't hate it, but I think probably ants is better. I'll have to watch ants. Yeah, I don't even I, remember. <laughs> I didn't watch ants. I did watch ants. I don't remember what the what happened in the end. I don't remember what the point of the movie was. Yeah, but yeah, me either. So did you have did you have trouble, or did you find it easy to find our our modern day connection? Right, because in a in America, we don't we don't deal with any slavery quite the same. I but. think this this week the message, yeah, the the hard part was time. Yeah, like there's a lot. How am I going to talk through two pharaohs and right. Israelite history and mm-hmm. and still have application? Right. Right. So the, I think it was surprisingly hard. We were driving in the car, Michelle and I. She's talking to me. And and I'm making a face like of just I, I don't know terror. Yeah. 
she finally starts talking. I pick up my phone. I said, and, and I hit type to text. And I said, our enemy fears us, so he distracts us. When he can't distract us, he dominates us. When he can't dominate us, he relents. After he relents, he recaptures. He tries to recapture us, but he can't recapture us because God redeems us. Hit end. I'm like, sorry, my whole sermon, my whole sermon outline just popped in my head. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't. she's like, did you hear anything I just said? No, not, not one thing. Word. Could you repeat yourself? <laughs> and it was just like that, that fast. Wow. I just been working on it because yep. I'm like, I understand what I want to say, and I understand the, so the progress that. You know, what the hopper is doing with the ants, what Pharaoh did with the slaves, what the enemy tries to do to the church. Yeah. We, but I couldn't make it, like, I just couldn't get it. And so finally, it just clicked. It was yeah. like Friday afternoon, Friday morning. <laughs> that's so stressful. <laughs> and, and that's pretty common, right? You have yeah. the whole, because usually if you ask me, um, as a sermon, I, I'll often say, like, oh, I'm about 90 or 95%. Right. And it's that last 5% that just, there's got to be a flow to it. Right. Or, because all that information was still there, but it was really clunky. Yeah. Moving it point to point. I need to show you the, we, me and Rob have been sending these videos back and forth of this guy. He has a British accent talking to his brain. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really weird humor, but he but he sits down in front of a computer. He's like, "Brain, the deadline approaches, and still we have nothing." And it's like the brain. They have this whole conversation back and forth, and the brain goes, "Fine, activating deadline mode." And he just starts typing. He goes, "Oh, oh, it's like magic." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Brain, ah, uh, brain, brain, ah." Uh. <laughs> yeah, like the <laughs> way he's it. But either way, it's just like. That's like what it is. I have, I can have the whole outline, but it's not until it's last minute. I'm like, I know what I'm gonna say now. Yeah. It's, it's deadline mode. Your brain had to kick on deadline. Deadline mode. mode. <laughs> Saved, Saved us, us again. again. <laughs> yeah, I related to that cartoon very Same. well. Yeah, that's pretty funny. It is amazing how that happened. Yeah, I think part of it too is, you know, you're working on the information. And it's not until you really start to almost like picture yourself. It's doing a, it. Yeah, it's a boiling down process. So we were, we were at a family re reunion, like a family gathering, once a year gathering with Michelle's side of the family. And so the, I don't even know who they are, uncle and cousin of Michelle. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know their first name or anything. <laughs> but they're into maple syruping. So they just last year upgraded their evaporator. And so oh, we yeah. were working through it, talking through it, but the process of sap to finishing, right? You can get it very, very close, but then you have to take it off the evaporator and you kind of have to do it by hand to get it to the finish. Oh. And I don't even know what I'm saying. What am I? That is what a sermon process is like. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So you have all your information, right? So yeah. I, you know, so a bunch of my time is just getting the information, yeah. studying, sorting through, looking at every possible way the message could go, and then finally, say, get, kind of getting it to a direction. And then usually I take it off the evaporator, and then there'll be a day, it may even be a lunch, but I'm going to spend a separate time working on just the finish. Yeah. 
trying to make on, on sure getting it, has it a... to that perfect sugar content. Dark amber. <laughs> so I want a dark amber grade A sermon. So yeah. do you have um like a an a more real picture of of the whole situation where you you kind of said I have my sermon outlined. So you said um I think it's right here. You said the enemy fears fears you so he distracts you. If he can't distract you, um then he tries to dominate you, but he hasn't he doesn't have the ability to dominate you, but if he can't recapture you because God has redeemed you. Like you, you kind of like do you have like a an analogy or a, or like a story of how that has kind of come to being in your mind? Well, I can think of a few negative stories. I probably think of a few positives. Mm. Um, but I think of you come to church, God changes your life, you make a commitment, God, I'm going to serve you. And then all of a sudden things start getting difficult. Yeah. Uh, um, and so... I know Jeremy and I have had conversations with people where every time I pray, it gets worse. So I don't pray anymore. Mm. Like, what are you talking about? Prayer's our weapon. So he just convinced you not to pray because you got a couple flat tires or a cancer diagnosis or like sometimes it's some really bad stuff. Right. But he tried to dominate you. And, And so we, some of us just live in that we just live in that domination. We just yeah. have the same problems we had 10 years ago because as soon as we tried to get out of it, it was Things chaos. And yeah. so then we just, sorry, I never tried to, should, should, I never have tried to revolt. Let me be your slave again, mm. devil. Um, but on the other side of it, um, I sent an email out this morning of someone who went through a terrible hardship 10 years ago and was reaching out to me for, Hey, it's time to take the. You, there's something I've got to do in the process, and I'm trying to remember my exact words in the email. But it was, um, it's it's hard to believe it's been ten years. It's been amazing to see how God has sustained you, and that person went through something harder than probably ninety five percent of the people in the church, and they never walked away from God. Yeah. I'm sure they had moments of doubt and struggle, but mm-hmm. they never walked away from God. And I'm sure there are moments where the enemy tried to dominate them. Yeah. God's not hearing your prayers. God's not going to do anything. It, give up. They were a new Christian probably 10 years ago. Wow. Like, you know, only following the Lord two or three years. Yeah. And when he couldn't dominate, what he had to do, like, why are you going to waste my time? You know, if your childhood... Bully, you don't bully the kids who beat you up. <laughs> right. You go find people you can bully. You don't keep trying to bully the kid who punches you in the face. Right. And fights back and beats the tar out of you. Like, uh. That's always been a really helpful analogy for me when you describe them as like, what is it? Was it like third or fourth grade bullies? Like, that, that's what demons are like. Oh, yeah. They're like third or fourth grade bullies. And then when you realize, oh, I'm like a fifth grader, these guys aren't like... These guys don't bother me anymore. Like, there's you don't have any power over me. You were bigger before because I didn't understand. Yeah. But really, you're just a, a kid that is insecure and doesn't know, like, he doesn't have any power over me kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I thought that was really helpful in a lot of different situations. Um, yeah. And, and the, the, 
the the devil does have power, mm. right? So we, I probably haven't talked about that enough this mm. year. I've just been minimizing it. Like he's a mouse. He's a he's a little kid. It's a three year old fighting a as a third grader fighting an adult. Like the power of God, but he does have power. So it's a third grader with a loaded gun in its hand. Like right. there's some power there. Like you got to be careful. You don't just mess around. Like I'm gonna, right. I can, I can do whatever I want. I can. Right. Um, there well, is yeah, a, some danger. A third grader trying to trying to beat up an adult might be amusing enough to keep him around. Right. So you need to right. add a. Well, no. He also, like he when you're sleeping, he might. You know what I mean? Like there is still an element of that. Doesn't mean we just keep him around. That means we what we. Where we talked about the we followed Jesus every day, yeah. Because the enemy doesn't care who we were a year ago. He doesn't care. He doesn't care how close to God you were a year ago. Mm. One thing I've it's where are you today, right? And if he's got an inroad into your thought life, into your heart, mm-hmm. into into your life, he has taken it. Yeah, yep. it will make him so happy to take down a hero. Mm-hmm. So happy. Yeah, it's true. One thing I've 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 been noticing in in just different different people's lives, it, it just this idea of the devil has as much power as as you give him basically yeah. in your life. Like it's 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 allowing those cracks in your defenses, and then kind of just being like, okay, well, it's okay if it's just a little trickle into the into the into the inside. But then it's like that's not all it takes, you know. That's right. not all he takes. So you give it power. You give him power when you believe a lie when you believe something that he's told you whether it's um hey you know that people those people that you weren't actually talking to that you had a conversation with or whatever this is what they're thinking you know what i mean like implications and believing things like that and all different types of things you give people power or or the people give the the you know the devil power over their lives yeah um but it's just as easy to to get out of it in a way by by allowing God's truth to be put into the situation. You made me think of um, you because you were talking like smaller smaller cracks where the enemy yeah. could get in. Made me think of a story driving driving home on at church on Sunday. I was ri- driving with Mike Mayo, who's an electrician and a worship leader for us. But he was talking about this job site that he never wants to go to because it's doing uh, it's doing electrician work for like around a nuclear reactor like the building has a nuclear um reactor in it and it's annoying because no matter what what level electrician you are there are so many rules of what everything you're doing they're outside the building trying to run pipe they have to measure where the pipe goes mark the holes then the foreman they can't do anything after that foreman has to come and look and approve it then they drill the holes foreman has to come look and approve it then they can hang the pipe and so like Normal electricians, it's a one-hour job. It's a week-long job to do it here. But he was trying to do is like, because, you know, if you push that drill just a little bit too much, you just have nuclear waste seeping into the town. Like, you just push it too far. And so they have to have all these checks in place because anyone could be like, it's just putting a pipe up. Like, just put the pipe up. Who cares? But if they do this one thing wrong, it's just going to leak radiation into the town. And so either way, you made me think, like, yeah, that seems small. That seems stupid. And there are all these checks in place. But as a tiny hole, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. But, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, what, the practical application of that, as far reaching for us, 
I don't know if you guys ever heard. I don't talk about it because I just don't like the the language of it. Mm. But like the eye gate, the ear gate, the mouth gate. I just I never say it because I, they feel like weird words. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard it. I've um, never heard of it. I'm understanding what you're saying now, though. <laughs> I was like, what down. words are you saying? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but it makes sense. You'll now. hear it a lot now. Now that I've said it, you'll hear other people. Yeah, you just assumed they were speaking Portuguese, and, <laughs> but. Um, to we need to be aware of the gates into our lives and our soul. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the eye gate, it is a gate of what you let in and out. Yeah. And so you've got to be paying attention to what you watch. And if we're like, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> well, yeah. I think sometimes it doesn't bother us because we've, like that burning hot chocolate, we've just seared our soul. So yeah. there's no nerve endings left. <laughs> yeah. You've become accustomed to eating that many chocolate bars, but your body's dying. <laughs> yeah. The ear gate, what you listen to. I remember, so I've never, I've never sworn my whole life. I've never sworn my whole life. It's never really been a temptation, even yeah. at the maddest I am. Um, it just, the words don't even come into my mind. Yeah. All right. But I watch a lot. I, when I was in college, I watched a lot of movies that were like very, it had a lot of swears in it. Mm. And I remember I made a girlfriend mad and she swore at me. This is not Michelle. She swore at me and I just stopped. Like, did you just swear? And she's like, I don't remember if she started laughing or crying. And then it was like, and then it was like, it just changed the whole conversation. She's like, I really can't watch those movies with you anymore. I'm like, yeah, no, no problem. Apparently. I didn't realize. Yeah, and and so she was someone who never swore. I think that's probably the first time she ever swore someone in her whole life, and I did that to her. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my weakness in that is if sometimes comedians are funnier when they swear, and then you try and retell the joke without the swear, and you're like, oh, dang it, that was why it was funny to me. Oh Stinks. yeah. Stinks. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't for, hit the same. For me, someone saying a swear doesn't affect me but if they're singing a swear mm. all of a sudden i'm i'm, I'm i could be head. swing uh singing a swear word for the last hour and a half and i didn't even realize <laughs> yeah it. yeah that's fair and then and then the mouth gate so what you consume so if you never drink alcohol you know what you never have to worry about alcohol addiction or right. drunkenness um as soon as you do now you have to be concerned about that gate you, you have to so it's not a sin but it you've opened a gate that could create a huge problem right. in your life and your mm-hmm. family's life for generations yeah else. as opposed to all of these things and, and the idea of keeping your heart and your mind on things that are good that are pure that are righteous that are holy like like keeping your mind on those things feeding yourself with with things that are of God as opposed to everything that the world has to offer. Right. right? Because if you're going to enter into your soul, right, you can, if you're not guarding those three gates, like that, it's going to, it's going to get in. And what's interesting is that it, it has nothing to do with being, being naive to the world, but it has everything to, to do with being smarter than what the world has to offer. Right. Yeah. Like there's that, that thing where it's like, you guys don't know. You guys are Christians. You guys are so naive. You guys don't think about this, or you guys don't do this, and that you, you're missing out. But in reality, it's trying to be bigger than that. Right. 
it's not being naive to it. Well, I guess, I guess the word, word naive has that negative connotation of your child, but I guess you do want to be naive mm. to it, right? Like in the true sense of the word, you do want to be naive. Naive, make sure that I'm saying the right thing here, because I, the word naive, I think, has that you're a child connotation There's to a it. negative And then there's also naive. the, you don't, you don't want to be super smart about that. Like, I don't know, like... Innocent. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one, too. What is it? What's the scripture? Look it up for me. Innocent as doves, but shrewd as... Serpents. Serpent. Or, yeah. Serious. So, that's... I think that's the... Don't be naive, but be innocent as, as doves and shrewd as. It's Matthew ten sixteen. Uh, yeah, it says. Well, this is in KJV because that's what it pops up as. Is behold, I send you forth. <laughs> look it up in, in the, the look it up in in NLT and then in Message. Yeah. Um, I just have it memorized as KJV because that's what we memorized when I was a kid. <laughs> No, that's good though. Yeah, that is an interesting thought. Right. To, so you, if you shelter there. your kid from the world, yeah, and they never know the whole world, what happens when you send them off to college? They go after everything. Our kids know more <laughs> than probably some fourteen-year-olds in the church. Yeah, because I don't want them to be naive. I don't want them to be, be naive, but mm -hmm. I want them to be innocent. Mm -hmm. So hey, so like, have you? Um, I just don't want to embarrass my kids or give too much details to my kids, but one of them turned 10 this week or last week. So in our late night session, just him and I, it was, have you seen any, have you seen any naked pictures? Have you looked at anything inappropriate? Mm. So I'm not, I'm not keeping them naive. Like those things don't exist. I'll never talk to him about it. Yeah. I'll pray he never sees it. Like, you know, society will never know of. Um, but I want it to remain innocent. So. Yeah. It says in NLT, Matthew ten sixteen says, Look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. Yeah. And that's Yeah. That's listen, really some good. people are gonna try to burn your mouth with hot chocolate. <laughs> You're right. I want you to be I don't want you to be naive and think everybody's gonna serve you the right temperature hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. But I want you to be innocent. I don't want right. you to get scalded and burned. So be shrewd. Put your pinky in. Bring it to your lips and you like, but don't get scalded. Don't get burned. Right. Yeah. Did you want to hear That's the message? Good. The message one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, stay alert. This is hazardous work I'm assigning you. Uh, you're going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack. So don't call attention to yourselves. Be as shrewd as a snake, inoffensive as a dove. Inoffensive is I got you. I think I like the other one better. Yeah, NLT was good. I mean, there's some parts of this that I like, right. some parts I don't like. <laughs> Anytime I hear the message, I just hear the the audio version, and I hate the way that guy talks. It's just I have never fun fact to about it. me. He just talks like he's trying to be a relevant youth pastor to me. One of when I was in Bible college, <laughs> we had to rewrite the Book of Isaiah every oh. week. Another every few week? chapters every week. It was oh. our part of our weekly work. We had to uh, do a few chapters, and so in the very beginning, I was just like, um, trying to be very deliberate about. But then one week, I was short on time, 
And so I was just like banging through like as, (laughs) you know, just any crazy idea (laughs) that came in my like, (laughs) don't drink hot chocolate, you'll get burned, like throwing in that stuff. And I got the best grade I had of the previous like four weeks. (laughs) And so every week I'm like, here we go. Hold <laughs> on, go. Eugene Peterson. You're about to get the Nate Gagney version. And I was just, just it was, it was honestly a lot of fun because yeah. it turned into creative writing session, yeah, which is something funny. I like. But I, the the guy was, the professor was just a, such a to the T guy. I didn't think that's what he, he wanted like at that. all. And I guess that would reveal a good understanding if you're able to even use yeah. your own type of turn of phrase or whatever. I wish I had copies of that. That would have been awesome. Those were. I remember I thought, oh, I'm going to listen to the audio version of, um, like through Psalms, through the message to help me figure out some songwriting. Like I can listen to this, get some different ideas. And literally chapter one is like, blessed are those who stay innocent. You don't hang out in sin saloon. <laughs> and I was like, Sin Saloon? Writes I, down. <laughs> new song, yeah. Sin, Saloon. Sin Saloon. And I, I stopped it right after that. I'm like, Sin Saloon, is the, that's the best word they could use for it. I can't, this is not going to give me good ideas. Somewhere in the Psalms, it talks about finger painting like a child. I'm like, whoa, that is quite the uh, journey off of what song, <laughs> what David was writing. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they do some crazy <laughs> stuff. But I guess it helps me understand it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, sorry, I was just going to say, I think bringing things back to, you know, we were talking about the, you know, the devil having power. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I think you, you hit on a lot of how, how he really doesn't have power over us when you know these things. Like, these truths tell you, he doesn't have that power. The another thing I think that's important is just community, the people around you, right? They help they help you sure up your defenses in yeah. a way. If you're if you're going off course, it's the people around you that are gonna notice first. So I mean, isolating is a bad idea. Um, running yeah. away is a bad idea. Um, I think it's important to lean on the people that are around you. Um, I think that as a just a general statement, I didn't want to leave it at a Devil's got a lot of power, you know, and that's it. So I think that it's really important to have people around you. Sorry, I was reading something to try and agree with you, but I just <laughs> debunked my own thought through Google. The Sin Saloon one? Never mind. No, it was talking through, uh, I mean, I, it was one article, so maybe it is true, but it was talking through how you're the average of the five people you surround yourself by and that's like what people talk about so either way i was trying to skim through the article that said why that isn't true so i could decide whether or not <laughs> it was but i do believe it is i i think a lot of the time we are um like if god refers to us as sheep what else is about sheep they're they're a herd animal like they are around each other and like i think your surroundings are a big piece of that like if you're you know if you're always hanging, if you're hanging out at Sin Saloon all the time with all your friends, like, and you don't want to be an alcoholic, like, why are you going to go hang out at the bar? You know, right. you don't, you just don't do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Just work through um, not doing that, those, those things or hanging out with the people that would want, make you want to do those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that is, that is really good. You even talked through some points on Sunday that um, 
that we've seen, right? So you talk through like uh, about God distracting you if he can't dominate you and saying like, oh, he can make he can make you leave church over curtain changes. And you, you referenced some of that. And I think that is a big piece. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I see it quite a bit now being in the church. We see a lot of how the devil wants to distract. Even me, like, to where I'll start going on a tangent in my mind. Like, is this what church should be about? And then when I start realizing the things I'm focusing on, I'm like, this has nothing to do with preaching the gospel to the lost. So I just went down a distraction tangent. Right. And I need to re- I need to reinvent like where I'm at right now to get back onto the gospel. And I just, I think that's something we see a lot more often in this area. And so you weren't sharing a fictional story. You were sharing a story that you knew happened of curtains. made people Well, I share church. Uh, well, I didn't share the curtain story because that was too close to home. Oh, I, I thought you did. I mention, said paint, you mentioned paint colors <laughs> oh, okay. and carpet colors. Carpet colors. And so that one I've shared before. I, I did an internship in yep. Vermont in college, and I painted a room. People were mad they didn't like the color, so I had to repaint the room. So I was an intern. Yep. The room was a storage closet. <laughs> they didn't like, people were upset about the color. I painted a storage closet. Literally a storage closet. This sounds like historic summer's worth, not going to lie. <laughs> and, you know, and, it's just wild. And you think about, like, if you ever heard of someone as part of a, a church split, mm. it very rarely is it. And I feel like we talked about this in the beginning episodes of our podcast. Yeah. But rarely is it about the Reformation, right? Hey, and even Martin Luther wasn't trying to split the church. He got kicked out of it. It was like, hey, we need to come back to the gospel. We need to come back to scripture. And, you know, sometimes we try to use the Bible as our proof. But it, it's just more often it's about preference. Mm. And it's not about, it's not about what's effective to reach people. It's about what I prefer. Yeah. And it's just hard to communicate that. Yeah, I think so. You know, I've been, I don't know. It's just just a difficult thing. We're just so easily distracted. Right. I think finding yourself getting more and more involved in the church, um, I think the devil being smart, like he's not stupid in any way, but that's like he can use church culture and the fact that we all have weaknesses, we all have um, miscommunications that we have with each other. There's all these different types of things that he can exploit yeah. in in weak people, in people, in sheep. <laughs> you know, we screw up. But the, I think it's it's so important that we don't lose that reevaluating ourselves, trying to make yeah. sure that we're going back to basics, trying to trying to always shore up our defenses, make sure am I is my heart slipping in any area? Am I getting too lenient here? Am I allowing pride to enter in this situation yeah. am i you know all of these different types of things just i think it's just it, it gets there's different tactics that you could that you use on on church people than you do on people that are just entering the church i think and i think that it's a it's a different it's the same warfare it's just it's to a different degree i think it's just a you know just making sure that we're defending ourselves we're guarding our hearts 
where you know yeah. we're 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 doing the things where we're using the armor of God, right? You know, to stand firm against what the devil's got for us, because you know he's sending us out among wolves. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think the distraction is definitely that's always a piece that I always want to fight through. So even you know we've we're reading that book, the book Intentional Churches, and it talks about kind of these three key areas that are important for churches to have. And I loved in the book, we talked about this in the apprenticeship um, in our book club that we had with them. We do a summer apprenticeship with some adults that come in and work a full day with us. But they talked through um, how they thought it was really interesting when it went through the generations that thought each of the three things were more important than the other. And they started to almost get distracted by like, no, it's about this. So televangelist, it's all about the service. It's about this. And then the next generation's like, no, it's not about that. It's about community. So we're going to start home churches. And then there's all these issues with that. You're not actually growing the church because it's just a bunch of families hanging out. And then the other, the newer generation, it's like, no, it's about what we do. Sell your homes, do missionary work. But then there's no church to gather. Right. And it talks to like, you can have these preferences even these things that are key to a church, they're surrounded by one thing and it's still the great commission and it has to be there. Otherwise it's a distraction. And so like if the things that are your preference in church are not about reaching the God, reaching the lost, sharing the gospel, then it's most likely a distraction that the devil's trying to use on you. Right. I, I want to connect to the dominate because I had some thoughts connect, oh, okay. connect the dots here while we were talking. Um, I remember we were driving in the car with you and Stephen, mm-hmm. Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Stephen, a few weeks ago, and just talking through, you know, I mentioned a little bit on Sunday, but there's opportunities before us. Well, a few weeks ago, I was talking with Stephen and Andrew, like, here are these opportunities before us, but what do we do? Like, there's been some difficulties. That, that, that have happened in the church, and ones that you know about, that the audience knows about, ones that the audience doesn't know about, and, and they're just like, maybe it's not a good time to even be thinking about these opportunities right. and talking with you guys. Like, if every time we're going to move forward and take a big, giant leap of faith, if the enemy can just cause a disruption and get us to stop doing it, then he's got us. He's going to do that every single time. Right. Every time we start gearing up to make some big kingdom-building initiative, he's just going to stir up a bunch of crap right. and get us to stop. I wasn't thinking about that when I wrote this message, but even as I sit here, my yeah. computer screen flashed before my eyes, and it looks like a bad text message I got while we're recording this. And... You're talking. I'm remembering that conversation with you and Stephen. I'm getting this bad text message. Yeah. And like, like right here live, I got to make a commitment. I'm not going to let the enemy dominate us. Yeah. I'm not going to let him dominate us. We have a mission that we've been giving a given. And I message you, I message the staff and spouses and deacon board last week about Nehemiah, or maybe it was two weeks ago about mm. Nehemiah. Um, you know, he's trying to rebuild the wall. It's his mission. It's an important mission, God-given mission. And he's got two guys, Sam Ballad, and I forget the other guy's name, who's saying, hey, come down off the wall. We need to talk to you. Come here, come talk to you. And he knew they had malintention. And he's like, I can't come down off the wall. This is my assignment. I've got to do it. 
I'm not coming down off the wall. And they made accusations about him. They got angry at him. They mm. accused him of stuff. But nope, this is our mission. This is what we've got to do. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, no, this is our mission. Mm. This is our wall. We're building the kingdom of God. We can't come down off of it. Mm. We've got, it has to be our main thing, right? So it's God, our spouse, our kids, the church, but they, you can't just get rid of any of them. They all, they're all involved. Yeah. So how do we incorporate all of them? You can't just say, well, my spouse comes first, so our date nights are Sunday mornings now. We're not part of the church. <laughs> no, that's, right. not, that's not the priority. Right. Well, God's first, so I've got to, so sorry, kids, I can't spend time with you. It's, I've got to, no, that's not just, like, these four things are, co- are happening simultaneously. Yeah. And they have to all happen. Yeah. Um, but you have to keep them in the right order. Anyway, God's first. So we can't, I, I don't know. I'm processing in real time because right. obviously I haven't read the whole text message, but my mind's going <laughs> yeah. crazy. No, yeah. And it's like just this, God, we're moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to do, we're in the least church state in the country. We have to be about building the kingdom of God, being kingdom builders and reaching, reaching just one more and sharing the good news of Jesus and making ourselves better disciples, not being like a good enough disciple, not being a C minus disciple, but God, how do I be an A plus disciple? Yeah. How do I follow you in every area of my life through everybody, my information and knowledge through the entire place of our church? And, and I, give up or get discouraged or come down off the wall because, well, it looks like there's only five of us working on the wall now. What's the point? Yeah. I guess no one else wants Jerusalem. Yeah. That's no, good. because we're not doing it because of who's with us. We're doing it because of the God who's called us to it. Yeah. That's good. That's awesome. And that's, and that's not just a, that's not just a pastor's call. Right. That's you just made me think like you say we people listening might think the organization. Yeah, Nehemiah wasn't a pastor. Right. This is this is a call for believers. This is a yeah. call for for all of us. That that was a word for the whole church, not just, you know, the people who are pastors or the people that are high qual high capacity leaders or No, it's, it's every yeah. It's to understand to to walk in your faith like you've now stepped into this portion of your calling. It's, we're not a country club. We're not this. We have this mission that has to happen. I think that's that's one of probably the bigger distractions and and dominations that we've seen to where it's like if he can make you even think that's not your mission or that's not your mission. I'm not an life. evangelist. I yeah. don't have the gift of evangelism. <laughs> so I'm I must not be an evangelist. It's like, well, we I we, hear a lot we, of churches say we're a discipleship church. So what that means is we only we're not concerned about people who are going to hell. Right. We we just we want to take Christians and make them better Christians. Well, that's an important part of it, but that's not the only part of it. Right. Um. And then that's kind of kind of the same thing. Like it has to be both. We need to become every day more surrendered to Jesus. Right. And every day, reach people for 
Jesus. That's so good. So finish it off with, uh, is there an ant? A bunch of people stood up at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, that was good. Right there with us. Thank, thank the Lord they did stand up. Yeah. I, you had a lot of courage. I always hate doing those things in sermons, like the idea of, you know, the old school, like raise your hand if you want to give your life to Jesus. I'm like, if I do this, I don't know if my insecurity can handle it. And, yeah. uh, but you did it. And it was, it was, that was a really cool moment. Um, that was a really cool moment that I thought was really awesome. How once it clicked for people and just kind of the whole, the whole crowd standing up and, and doing that, that was really cool. That was a great way to end it. And yeah, I'm, just going to be a memory that I keep in my head this week. Yeah. We're, we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to reach New Hampshire. Yeah. We're going to see families change, lives change. Great miracles, great testimonies. Yeah, absolutely. God's not done. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Well, Hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And uh, we do have uh, this week's uh, sermon already up on our uh, podcast. So if you guys need to listen to that, get what a refresher. What do you search for find that? Because sometimes... Restoration Church, I get it, but it's hard because I follow it. So I... Uh, is it Spotify? Is that yeah. what we're talking? So on Spotify, you search Restoration Church without a space between the two, and it oh. pops right up. I just Rent, did it today. <laughs> back in the day, just random trivia, you couldn't find our church on iTunes unless you searched Nathan Gagney. It's the only way I could get our church. Anyway, well, I tried to search it the other week, and I couldn't find it. Oh, and I'm a subscriber. Interesting. Anyway, we'll deal with that technical difficulty oh, outside just of the podcast. My, my sons <laughs> last night were like, wait, there's an, another podcast? I'm like, yeah. Since when? I'm like, I don't know, maybe 2010? Yeah. There's a lot of old sermons on there. Yeah, it's a lot of old ones. But either way, you can listen to that if you you know, haven't heard that yet. Um, if you want to hear not... my progression as a speaker... You can listen to the old you ones. scroll all like, the way back. Wow, he said um a lot. Oh <laughs> yes, I did. Sure did. <laughs>